I mean, it's really lonely. And I think the only reason I stuck in it was two things. I had that mentor that I would call every three to four months where I'm like, I'm going to quit. And he's like, keep going. And then two mm. is I just had too much ego. Like I just had so much ego. I was, I would rather be homeless than fail. I really yeah. felt that way. I, and I was like, I just can't give up because everyone will have, will tell me they were right. And so yeah. I would always like have days where I'm going to quit. And then I just wouldn't allow it. And I think they say the most successful people, it's two things. They have the belief that they can do it or they want to prove in themselves they can do it. Mm -hmm. But they also have deep insecurity that they're not good enough. And I, I, I definitely relate to that. It's something I'm still working through to this day. But a lot of my, I mean, it's even what drives me more because now that I've hit this level, I'm like, well, there's another level and another level. And so, you know, I don't know. I think ultimately a lot of those bullies did me a lot of good. I'm grateful for where I'm at. And I'm really sure. glad that people did pick on me because I think if they hadn't, I wouldn't have had the drive to get to where I'm at. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment to personally invite you to join me March, 2024, right here in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm going to be speaking at the Conscious Investor Growth Summit. It is going to be an awesome event. And I have the honor of speaking alongside over 20 speakers on health, wealth, and mindset. This event is surely going to be pivotal for not only your year, but also your life. It would mean the world to me to connect with you. So make sure that you grab your ticket today at Conscious Investor Growth Summit. Dot com. And if you use my name, E-R-I-K, you're going to get 50% off at checkout. I hope to see you there. Keep changing the world. Tanner, you're the founder and CEO of Elite CEOs. You're an author. You're a coach, man. So much more. Thank you for your time, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. You're, you're one of the nicest people I've met so far, so I appreciate all the kind words. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, I love to kick this show off by going back a bit. Like, where did you grow up, and, and what was childhood like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in Utah. Okay. And then I moved to Houston when I was eight, and I am one of seven kids. So oh, have, wow. Uh, yeah, four sisters, two brothers. I'm the oldest boy. Okay. So growing up, um, they probably should have called Child Protective Services. That was in dresses and tea parties. <laughs> it was it was basically child abuse oh that's awesome. uh, so because of that and i was in a sheltered household my dad's very religious so very okay. sheltered household so around i would say fourth ish grade maybe even sooner i started getting picked on quite a bit and i remember in sixth grade i started realizing people were making fun of me and mm. it really bothered me uh mm. to the point where i started going to the gym before school around 5 a.m my mom would drop me off and then she'd take my sisters to bible study and then she picked me up and I go to school. And about three months after that, a lot of my problems went away. I didn't get picked on anymore. Teachers and girls were like, wow, you got muscles. And I'm sitting here going, man, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, I put in hard work and good things pay off. And I'm 12, so no one else is jacked because we're 12, sure. you know? Yeah. So I start putting that into school and dating. And all of a sudden I start seeing, hey, you know, I don't, these bullies can't pick with me because on me anymore because when they did i'd be like but i'm bigger than you you know i'm mm -hmm. better at sports than you. you know i'm i'm getting prettier girls than you and so i wouldn't say that's a uh, great way to live your adult life but as a young kid or even as a business owner it you kind of use that anger as fuel to win right totally. like you're kind of like against the world and everyone's kind of against you and it's it's kind of very powerful in the beginning so from 12 to 22 i start going all in on uh football for anyone who's you know uh, not in the states american football yeah. And I take it all the way to the division one level, get hurt a lot, play with some uh, first round draft picks. And, you know, once that ended, I, I was kind of lost for a while because I, the way I attack business now is how I attack sports. So I would do two or three workouts a day. I hired NFL players, running backs, receivers. I, I worked with the USA Olympic weightlifting coach, um, Come on. a lot of people. So yeah. 
when that ended, I was kind of distraught and I had a discussion with my mentor and he said, Hey, you know, what's, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to make a lot of money. And he's like, well, you ain't going to do that in engineering. And he's like, at least not the money you're talking about. Yeah. And so he said, you should start a business. And I said, I have no idea what to do. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll show you, like, come work with me at my you know home office. I'll show you. So I spent the next two years learning from him, doing door to door sales, working as a server, just kind of eating shit, you know, yeah. horrible. Totally. And at 25, I'm, I'm getting really discouraged. You know, because I've excelled at everything in my life. I'm not getting this business stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm 25. I feel like a loser, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to just make some money. And that's right when I saw an ad on Facebook that said how to build an online fitness company. I click on it, give them all my money, two grand <laughs> in my bank account, 3K on a credit card. Yeah. And then that week I did 10K. I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Moved home to my parents' house. Actually did a million bucks in a year in my parents' bedroom. It's kind of funny. Wow. And, uh, I had all these trainers start asking me for help because I started getting this, you know, ClickFunnels was giving me awards and all these other things. All these trainers came to me. So I started doing that. And then uh, that did 10 million, which was the biggest jump I've ever had. Like one to 10 million was crazy. Yeah. And then the next year we did 15 uh, where we started helping like everybody outside of fitness and uh, just kind of been on and up from there. So that's kind of a long story short. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, now I'm 31 and I've had the business about six years. Come on, man. Oh, that is huge, dude. And I love that you you talked about like the early days where you just were like struggling and not eating good. Like as entrepreneurs, we eat like king sometimes and it's like top ramen this month, you know? Like what was the biggest lesson that you learned through that journey of just kind of like grinding at the beginning? Oh, man. I, I think, I mean, it, it's tough because when you're in that phase, no one thinks you can do it. And right. people who love you tell you to be careful because they don't, you know, my parents don't care if I'm rich. They just want to be, they just want to know Tanner's okay. Sure. They don't yep. care if I'm rich. And so it's really hard because pretty much you're on your own. You don't have anyone to talk to because you don't know anyone. Uh, days are long. You don't have a nice car. I didn't feel comfortable like having girls. I'm comfortable with girls. I wasn't comfortable. Hey, like, what do you do? Well, I'm a server at Olive Garden and I also run a business. They're like, well, obviously <laughs> your business isn't doing so well. Yeah. And so it's really lonely. I mean, it's really lonely. And I think the only reason I stuck in it was two things. I had that mentor that I would call every three to four months where I'm like, I'm going to quit. And he's like, keep going. And then mm -hmm. two is I just had too much ego. Like I just had so much ego. I was, I would rather be homeless than fail. I really yeah. felt that way. I, and I was like, I just can't give up because everyone will have, will tell me they were right. And so yeah. I would always like have days where I'm going to quit. And then I just wouldn't allow it. And I think they say the most successful people, it's two things. They have the belief that they can do it or they want to prove in themselves they can do it. Mm -hmm. But they also have deep insecurity that they're not good enough. And I, I, I definitely relate to that. It's something I'm still working through to this day. But a lot of my, I mean, it's even what drives me more because now that I've hit this level, I'm like, well, there's another level and another level. And so, you know, I don't know. I think ultimately a lot of those bullies did me a lot of good. I'm grateful for where I'm at. And I'm really sure. glad that people did pick on me because I think if they hadn't, I wouldn't have had the drive to get to where I'm at. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Yeah. Oh man, that's huge, huge, man, that you can get fired up by your past sometimes, right? To get you to where you're at today. It, what was the first big scary thing that you did to really become the person that you are today? 
I think the first scary thing was there's a couple, so I'll list a few. The first thing yeah. was uh, 12 years old going to the gym. That was a very pivotal moment in my life. Sure. Number two is 22, making the decision to drop out of school with a year left with a 3.9 GPA in the number two school in the country for engineering wow. at Texas a and Wow. And then I think the third one was hiring a coach at 25 was very pivotal. Mm. Um, the only regret I have when people go, do you have any regrets? The only regret I have is really, if you look at my timeline, the soonest I could have started business was 22 because I was playing sports. Yeah. I wasted three years uh, not hiring a coach. I really mm. wish I had humbled myself and done that sooner but i will say during those three years what i did do that has helped me immensely is door-to-door -door sales that has been probably the work that that's harder than building an eight-figure company it totally. is it is so hard and so once i did that i'm like oh man this stuff's a joke this is yeah. you know so that, that's the hardest thing i think i've ever done is door-to-door -door sales 100 percent Man, I, I did that in my early 20s, late teens, man, 19 years old, and it just kicked my butt, dude. It was so brutal to do. <laughs> uh, well, and they don't, they don't want you to. It, there's right. a difference when, like, it's a high-ticket sale, and they, like, they filled out an app. They want to be there. They want help. Yeah. It's totally different when yeah. they're like, why are you knocking on my door? Bro? Right. <laughs> totally different. Like, they, they hate you. They don't want you I think especially in today's age where it's just like, leave me alone, right? Like it's all, I don't want anybody coming on my property sort of thing, man. I, I want to get into elite CEOs. Like what's the story behind this? Like, why did you decide to start this thing? Yeah. So it's ironic. Uh, I hated business coaches originally. I mean, I, okay. still, do, I still do a little bit, which yeah. is because I'm a business coach, but <laughs> the way, the reason I hated them was that I was doing everything organically. So when I say organically, I'm, I'm messaging and I'm, you know, I was working so hard. People won't believe this, but I actually started getting arthritis in my knuckles from messaging oh, so much, specifically in like the pointer finger and the like the index. Um, yeah, index. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was spending all my money on coaches to learn ads, and I went through about five coaches of fifty thousand dollars a pop, or not a pop, like total. And then yeah. I spent about twenty, thirty on ads. And most people, I mean, the average person can't do that. They quit after one coach. They're like, sure. all right. This is my only shot for success. And I just kept paying people. And um, when that didn't work, I think you, you asked what the biggest struggle was, correct? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that was the biggest struggle because I was so close to quitting and getting so frustrated. And I just kept with it. And finally, like what actually worked for me was, you know, doing what I was doing organically with ads because I kept trying to get these like automated webinars to work and these VSLs. And I just was like, man, I don't know how Russell Brunson gets this stuff to work. Like, I don't get it. Sure. And so ironically, once I started, I, I was like, you know what? I got really pissed one day and this coach challenged me because I have ego. I'm like, well, F you mother. You know, like in my head, I'm like, F you, I'm going to show you mother, you know, like that stuff. Yeah. And so I go and message all these leads and I had hundreds and hundreds of leads from the ads because I ran 20, 30 K so far. And I made 30 grand in a couple of days. Like, oh shit. Like it was like this aha moment. I'm like, I was way overthinking this. All I got to yeah. do is go do my sales stuff that I'm good at with messaging and calls. And it's a done deal. Yeah. And that's it. And so it completely changed the game for me. And so six years later, part of the reason I, I had a, someone the other day who interviewed me and it was really cool. Uh, he did his homework and he said something. He's like, you know, Tanner, I've seen you around. Just like, you're like that constant bug that doesn't go away. He's like, I've just seen you the last six years, bro. And you're always like one of the top guys I hear about. And, and you know, I, I, I try not to be cocky. I don't mean that to like galvanize myself, but I, I love that because I was like, dude, that's why I think we've been consistent is because it takes a lot of pressure off the marketing when you're doing that manual follow-up with all the leads. And so yeah. I don't, I don't even think like a lot of times my, 
my content's pretty straightforward. It's pretty like cut and dry, but it's just, we do so much follow-up that it just gets people over the edge that might be getting those similar types of marketing videos from other uh, competitors. Yeah. Oh man. It's so good, dude. I mean, you've had a lot of success and you have a lot of success stories on your website from folks that you've worked with, including Lauren Tickner, who's going to be on my show in just a few months. So super yeah. excited to have her on. Yeah. Uh, when you start working with students, like what is it that you look for in people though, that when you talk with them, you're like, if they do this, they have a pretty good chance of being successful. Yeah. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's really two things. It's grit and then sales ability. Mm. It's grit and sales ability. So, yeah. you know, there was a, I won't, I won't mention like full names just in case they don't want me to, but like I had a client named Laura who's in the fitness space and you know, she's doing, I want to say she's doing two to 300,000 a month right now. And she came from a corporate nine to five and she just came in and she did everything she was supposed to do and she didn't complain and she had sales background. And so, because the hard thing is that here's, here's the thing I've seen recently is since I got back in the country, you know, and I'm, I'm actually working again and not just, you know, flying all over the world. Nice. <laughs> the biggest issue with most people is that they're just trying to avoid the work that needs doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is someone will like, I'm like, what's your schedule look like? And they tell me their schedule. And I'm like, you know, why are you doing anything besides messaging or sales calls? You know, you, you have 500 followers, like why make it a piece of content for an hour? No one sees it. And they're like, well, you do. And I'm like, dude, that's totally different. I have a team of 65 or 70. Yeah. You know, so the, a lot of times what I see is they just avoid the work that needs doing And I'll make, I'll make this very simple for anyone who's listening. There's only two ways to get leads. You pay for it or you get them organically. And then once you get them, typically in a high ticket service, you got to have a convo. So if you're not having the convos, you're not going to have sales calls. You're not going to make money. Right. So they'll, they'll try to hire people and they'll try to get agencies and they'll try to get a $3 VA and they, they'll try to do YouTube videos. I'm like, dude, you're trying to do everything besides the thing that's actually going to move the needle. So I think the best customers I've had, they just have grit and they just do the work. And, you know, I try to let people own their success. I really do. I know we have to have testimonial videos and stuff, but I personally try to let them own it because the thing is most of these people re realistically, they are going to be successful no matter what they're going right. to find someone they'll keep pushing and the people who aren't, they won't. And it's like, you can't own success and then not own the failure. So for me, I'm like, I'm not going to own any successes and therefore I don't have to own any failures either. It's like, it's up to you guys. I'm going to show you what I did. That's made me, you know, 70 million pretty much in four years, take it or leave it. You know, yeah. and if they want to argue, I'm like, if you make more than me, I will listen. But if you haven't, then that's kind of where I'm like, Hey, like do it. Cause like, yeah. I, it's ironic too. When you get a client, I'll end on this. Well, that doesn't work. That's literally how you became a client. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. <laughs> it, it, when you get folks that are working with you and they have like imposter syndrome or they're scared to get into high ticket sales, like how do you help them through that? Dude, it's hard. Uh, the, the hard part is people, they want confidence, but confidence comes from results and results come from action. Mm -hmm. The loop. So here's the thing. When you start and you take action, you will not feel confident. So you have to push through that feeling of being an imposter, of not feeling good enough. It's normal. You have to. Yeah. Once you get results, what happens is your brain goes, oh, so maybe I, maybe I do know what I'm doing. Maybe I can do this. And then what happens is the confidence builds and then that creates more action and then it goes back in a circle. But at the beginning, I just try to get people to understand. I think people they trick themselves into thinking how they should feel. So I got on a call the other day where I was ranting with my clients. I think I posted it somewhere on my social medias. Yeah. And I was like, you're, it's supposed to not be fun. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed <laughs> to be depressed. You should be sad. You should be upset. And they're, they're going, Oh, it's like, yeah. Like who told you this wasn't going to feel good or yeah. it was going to feel good. Excuse me. Yeah. I just think people get this like, 
this unrealistic expectation of what success feels like. And to be frank, a lot of times it's very lonely. It's very difficult. People will make fun of you. It's up and down. It's a roller coaster. I've been doing this six years and I've been as high as 2 million a month. And, you know, I've been as low as zero, obviously, because I started at zero and you don't make the same amount every month. I mean, even a lot of times, including myself, you know, we'll market, I do this much a month. And it's like, sometimes they only did it for one month. They didn't, you know, they're not doing it the whole time. So I just think people, they get these fantasies in their head, almost like a celebrity of how it should look. Mm-hmm. And it's not reality. It, it's like business is hard. And that's why most people, they fail. It's, it's difficult. So difficult. And it's so good for people to, I think, hear that and experience those, those failures and, and work their way through that. And if they can get through that, man, that's, that's where they get on the right track. I mean, as the, the founder and CEO of elite CEOs, you talked about having a mentor and a coach yeah. and you do that to a lot of people. And it's important to continue that learning process. Like for you, like, what are you learning right now? You know, I'm, I think I'm learning. I'm not really the person I need to be. Mm. Um, there's a quote I saw the other day by one of my buddies, Alex, and, um, I'm sure everyone knows who it is, but I just leave last names out, but he had a quote that was your business is directly proportional to your ability to attract top talent and your ability to attract top talent is directly proportional to your development as a person, something like that. Yeah. And I just think to, to be frank with you, like I'm good enough to take an internet marketing company to 2 million a month, but it's like, I think I want, I have aspirations for nine or 10 figures. I think I, in the works, I think I have a company right now that I think it could get to nine. I really do. Um, and I haven't advertised it yet because it's nice to fail in secret a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I realized like to be able to attract top talent and lead those people, you have to be a person that they want to follow. And I think sometimes uh, I, I don't think I'm leading the way I should, like, I'll be short with my temper. Um, I make a, uh, an emotional based decision, which is not mature. There, there's still things I'm not perfect at. And sure. I really sit there and I'm like, you know what? It's when someone on your team, isn't doing what you're supposed to do. It's your fault. You hired them, you create the SOPs, you're in charge, it's your company. And like constantly blaming yourself. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. Especially when you're working hard because you're just like, oh, it's an, like your head. You're like, oh, it's just one. Of, do I really have to do this? Oh my gosh. Like I already showed him how to do that. And you have to fight that impulse constantly. Mm. And there's a book by the Arbinger Institute. Um, they got books like this. So this is like, I'm not affiliated or anything. It's the Arbinger Institute. And they have a book called yeah. Leadership. This one is called The Anatomy of Peace. Read those books. It's 100% accurate on how people are. And it, it basically just talks about being in the box and out of the box. Okay. And when you're in the box, like the best example in the book to make this simple is it talks about self-deception. So it, it uses a married couple. So man and a wife are sleeping together. Uh, well, they're married, obviously. So we're good. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the baby starts crying. They have a kid and the baby starts crying. The husband wakes up, the wife's asleep. And in the book, it says, if the husband gets up and takes care of it, all the things he thinks about himself are true. He's a good husband. He loves his wife. He's a good dad. The baby stops crying. The wife gets to sleep. Everybody's happy. But let's say he wakes up and he had a long day at work and he go, he thinks, well, why isn't the, why isn't she getting up and taking care of it? She knows the deal. I work to bring in the food. She takes care of the kid. And all of a sudden, because he's not getting up, he has to start justifying why he's not getting up. Mm. Right? So yeah. that's what humans, we do all the time. So for example, if someone on my team makes a mistake, the normal thought I have is I already showed him what to do. Well, why do I got, you know, like we may not even say it, but like if I get an Uber driver who shows up in the wrong spot, sometimes I'll catch myself going like, you idiot. Like, why did right. you do that? Saying it. I would never say that to them, but in my head. Sure. And so what I've realized is 
our reality is a lot of the, our thoughts, we don't even notice. It's, it's the thoughts we don't think about. And so I think for me, something I've been focusing as I've gotten in my 30s is that as a 20-year-old, you know, I'm just, I was a loose cannon, kind of just, I wouldn't say like, not purposely rude, but I'm just like, get out of my way. I'm going to make it happen. I don't give an F. Yeah. And as I'm growing and developing and I'm becoming older, I'm realizing that you're only as good as your team. And it's the reason it's so hard to build a good team is it takes massive impulse control, massive amounts of maturity, massive, like constantly putting others before yourself. Like it's tough, man. And so yeah. I think what I've learned is like, I'm trying to become, I'm trying to become the person that I want to be before I die. And that is the hardest part. I mean, it's, it's easy to like, I think it's easy for me at this point to make money and put offers together and all this other shit. I think sure. like getting to the, the highest of levels, like I have to become someone that people want to follow. And like, I've like Gary V, for example, what, what I've heard behind the scenes is like, people are like, yo, everybody loves Gary. Everybody owes Gary a favor. He's always thinking about other people. And that's hard, man. It's hard to like, our brains are so innately selfish. Like capitalism works. Yeah. Like capitalism was built off being selfish. So to try to like go the opposite of that and constantly be empathetic and help other people, bro, it's like, it's just like, it's something I'm learning that I'm not where I need to be yet and I need to get better. Man, it's something I'm working on as well. I, I had a conversation with Ed Milet on the show early on. And one of the things he said to me that just stuck out, man, was it was an acronym, can I, and, and it's constant and never ending improvement, man. And, yeah. and that has stuck with me since I had that conversation. I'm like, man, I need to be improving in every area constantly. You know, oh, so important Yeah. for you. Like what's the daily non-negotiables that you implement that help you kind of stay on track on the entrepreneur journey, get ups and downs. Like what are those non-negotiables that help you get through that? Um, I try to make the gym like okay. non-negotiable. I, I, for me, I make a joke, but I think it's true. I, I think I'd probably end up in prison or a fight if I didn't go to the gym because I'm such a kind of like high energy very like high motivated guy that it sometimes i it's like my stress relief like it's mm -hmm. my healthy stress relief to go to the gym that's a non-negotiable yeah something i'm working on now um there's a coach i hired his name's steve and I, he's like two hundred thousand a year he's worked with 600 plus people so you can do the math on how you know much money he makes it's quite wow. extensive yeah and something he's really helped me do is that i'm not like a super woo woo guy right but i've gotten a lot more into mindset because i think one i've met people at nine or 10 figure net worse who understand it more. And then two, he was like, if you want to become this new person, you have to start saying new things. I'm like, you know, that makes sense to me. It's like, okay, like, you know, if you want to be more selfless, like you need to say nicer things and not tell people they're stupid and you know, like basic stuff. Yep. But, I was, but the heart, the thing that was like very interesting is he's like, but to do that, you have to change your thoughts. I'm like, okay, but like, how do you really change your thoughts? Because a lot of us were very reactive. I don't know if you noticed that, but I'm like, there's, there's stuff I'm still very reactive. So if I see someone doing something, which I consider dumb, the first thought I have is what it, you know, what a dumb ain't. Yeah, totally. And Steve yeah. was like, Steve's like, what you need to do is he's like, you need to train your unconscious mind, which for people who, you know, all that means is your thoughts you have automatically, almost like fight or flight. So if someone pulls a gun out, the first thought you have is unconscious. Okay. Your right. reaction. And he's like, you need to say the things you want to happen more consistently, consciously until they become unconscious. And I was like, dude, that's the first time that someone said it in a way that made sense to me. That didn't sound kind of BS. And it was from someone who's super rich, super right. wealthy, super affluent and works with, if I name some of the people he worked with, you'd be in awe. I mean, it's high level people. Sure. And so that's a non-negotiable for me now. And I'll be honest, it feels very weird, uh, especially for a guy who's very 
I'm not against mindset stuff. I just think sometimes the people who push it the most, I almost feel like they have the most mindset issues or they're not somewhere I want to be. So if Ed Milet said it, I'm like, I got you, bro. I'm listening. Yeah, totally. So someone who's very, who they, they preach it. I'm like, but your life is not where I want to be. It's a little harder for me. And that's also an ego thing I need to work on. It's a little harder for me. Mm -hmm. um, but that's another non-negotiable outside of that. I just get the work. So it's yeah. really those two things, Jim. And then as weird as that's been for me, I'm trying to do it. And I'm just trying to create a habit. So when I get in a tough situation, like let's say you cuss me out instead of old Tanner, where, you know, I might say some choice words. It's like, I'm trying to become that leader that is calm, collected, doesn't react quickly. And it's because I made the decision before it happens, how I'm going to act. So maybe, I don't know if that was too deep, but that's kind of the two things. No, that's huge, man. I, so important on that. So you, you've got money, you've got success. Like you could walk away from it all today. Like what is it that keeps you going at this point in life? So I did walk away and uh, I've, done, I've gone down that path. And I'll be honest, the, the thing I think I've learned that maybe I came to a conclusion a few months ago, and it's still hard, but you cannot be happy being selfish. I just really believe that to my core. Yeah, totally. uh, I, bought, I bought a, you know, SVJ. Those are valued about 1.3 million now. I lived yeah. in a, there's a, an apartment complex. I, yeah, you can see it right back there, this little, the X. Yeah. It's about $40,000 a month to live there minimum, live there. Uh, I was talking to a bunch of girls, travel the world. And I, man, one day I just woke up, I was like, man, I'm not, I don't feel very happy. I don't feel very good. And so I'm definitely not perfect yet. Um, people close to me, they know kind of the journey I'm still going on. But what I'll say is that the, the conclusion I came to is things and people and like girls and all these things cannot make you happy because they're innately selfish. Yeah, You can't be happy being selfish. When I feel my happiest is when I'm working. So the funny part is I went on traveling the world for six months and I fell off and I was trying to find myself and the meaning of life and all these things. And I come back. And the second I come back and start working, I'm like, man, I feel so much better just working and thinking about others and pouring into my team and trying to help them hit their goals. And that's what people miss. And so the irony is you're poor and you build this business to not be poor and to do nothing. And then you start doing nothing and you realize, well, that's not, that's not the point. The point right. is to work and to work hard. And so I think what also gives me peace of mind now is I know that even if I lost it all, like some, which... I don't think that would ever happen. I'd have to do some really stupid stuff. Sure. But even if I did, what I'm doing right now is like what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to wake up and I just want to pursue excellence. And I just want to be that mother effort and just like almost like David Goggins mentality, not in the physical way. Sure. Like, I respect what he does, but I want to be him in business. I want to be him mentally. I want to like, that's what really like, it gets me kind of like those goosebumps. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's why I stay at it, dude, because end of the day, being selfish and buying things and cars and houses and all that shit. It's just, it's, it's a facade. It, mm -hmm. It's not, and I'm not saying it's bad. You can have it. Great. Go for it. But it, it just really won't make you happy. What will make you happy is being in the pursuit of being your best self. And there's days I want to quit. I wake up some days and I'm like, why, why do I even bother? And then uh, our friend Alex, again, I have the quote on my phone and I read this and it just says, Whenever I get to a low point, I just think, why do I even bother? And I just remind myself, this is why, where most people quit and that's why they don't win. And it just like, mm. it gives me goosebumps every time. I don't know if you can see them on camera, but dude, I just get so inspired when I read that. Yeah. It just helps me like continue to push forward. So man, yeah. when you read that, I even got goosebumps too. That was, well, that was it's like, it's one of those quotes. <laughs> it's just like, it's like when you're in your darkest moment, you know, and you're just yeah. like, you're just feeling like shit. 
Yeah. And I read that. It just kind of gets me. It's like, it's kind of like to myself, I'm like, let's go, you know, it's like, mm. let's do this, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It, it's really inspiring for me to read that. And so it's actually on my phone. I Come read on. it every morning. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Tanner, this was such an awesome conversation, dude. Thank you so much for sharing your story and tips, sure. man. Uh, and your, gosh, man, you're just awesome. You're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for your time, dude. Thanks for having me, man. I thoroughly enjoyed the questions. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.